Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, Phantom Stalker of Bill and Dorothy Wacker, and Corey Sherbay. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on the mysterious Phantom Stalker of the Wackers and the death of Corey Sherbay. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. Phantom Stalker For Bill and Dorothy Wacker of Stark County, Ohio, life was quiet and unassuming. They lived in the small, peaceful town of Massillon all their lives and had been together over 48 years. Everything seemed fine, but in 1984, the couple's troubles began. They returned home one day to find their house fully ransacked, All their belongings were left lying about everywhere, making a complete mess, but nothing was stolen. Since nothing was missing, the couple kept the incident to themselves and didn't report it, but later that same year, the couple experienced a similar break-in. Again, nothing was stolen, and they thought it was best to not report it. However, when it happened a third time, on January 16, 1985, Bill decided to call police. 
This time, a full investigation was done, but authorities couldn't find any suspect or reason for the crimes. The next six months were quiet for the Whackers, and they thought life would become normal once again. But they were wrong. In July of 1985, Dorothy was home alone and taking it easy after heart surgery. The neighbors knew about her plight and allowed her some rest. To her surprise, one evening, she heard someone knocking at the door. It was a young man. He was clean-cut, Caucasian and blonde, someone she had never seen before. This man said his car broke down and asked if he could use her telephone. Trusting the young man, Dorothy let him in. He used the phone, made the call, and then said goodbye. Dorothy was in the other room and heard all of this. After the man left, she headed to the door to see if he was gone since he didn't even thank her. But when she stepped into the living room, someone hit her over the back of the head and she lost consciousness. Dorothy woke up, bound and gagged on the kitchen floor. Frantic, she tried catching a glimpse of the intruder, but no one was there. She crawled and squirmed towards the window where she flagged down neighbors, and soon after, police and the ambulance arrived. Luckily, she wasn't seriously hurt. Dorothy gave police a description of the stranger, but he was never found. There were a couple of items missing from the home this time around, though. This included a 22 caliber revolver, a movie camera, a radio scanner, and antique watch. There was also a scribbled message on their wall that said, Cheaper, but will do. No one knows why the items stolen were so random. Since this happened, the couple began receiving harassing phone calls. Despite changing their phone number several times, they received them day and night. Even more menacing, the stolen items began appearing at their doorstep, all carefully wrapped in plastic shopping bags and free from fingerprints. Even more, they would hear banging on their doors at night, but when they would go to check, no one would be there. On October 27, 1993, Dorothy was home alone once again when she suffered another horrible attack from the unknown assailant. She was knocked down to the ground, causing her to have a concussion and lacerations in the head. After this happened, family and friends helped the couple to do a stakeout in hopes of capturing who had been harassing the couple, but somehow, even though there were groups monitoring the area, the stalker still managed to squeeze in a note saying, Get the message? Up until Bill Wacker died in 1999 and Dorothy in 2010, the phantom intruder continued in his or her onslaught. Many people suspect it could be a family member, close friend, or relative of the couple. Some even suspected it might have been Bill Wacker himself. Regardless, after all these years, no one knows who was stalking the Wackers or why. Number 2. Corey Sherbay It was August 22, 2011, when Gladys Sherbay went ahead to check on her son, Corey, in his home in Chilliwick, British Columbia, Canada. It was a routine visit, but there was something strange this time around. Despite repeated rings at the doorbell and several knocks, Corey never responded. Gladys decided to let herself in, but what she found would haunt her forever. She found her son, Corey, on his knees, slumped over a sofa, with his face pressed into the cushions. He was dead, and around the body was a huge pool of black liquid believed to be blood. She turned over the body and was shocked she couldn't even recognize her son's face. She said that he was extremely pale and his eyelids white. 
On the floor around the house, she also noticed bloody footprints. Even more, he seemed to be missing his ears. Extremely horrified, she left the home and decided to call police. Once authorities got there, they couldn't find any sign of forced entry on the door. They also determined there was no struggle inside. Even more, they said there was no bloody footprints on the floor when they got there. The only strange clue they found was a few words scribbled on a cardboard box. They said, better be a funeral. No one knows whether this was linked to Corey's death at all or random. During the autopsy, police couldn't find any external injuries or signs of a struggle, so they weren't sure how all that blood came out of him. One explanation they turned to is that the body must have naturally expelled its fluids upon death. Despite the suspicious circumstances surrounding Corey's death, the coroner said he died from acute combined cocaine and ethanol intoxication. However, his family doesn't believe he died this way and was likely murdered. According to his family, they said the bloody footprints were seen all around the house. There was also blood on the doorknob and bloody fingerprints discovered on Corey's wallet. The wallet also had all the money gone, and even more, Corey's uncle, Marty Jordan, said he was struck by all the blood on the scene and that a portion of his nephew's scalp was found lying in the middle of the living room. What's so unusual with the investigation is even though the family, including Corey's mother, who first found the body, mentioned the bloody footprints and other suspicious details in the home, the police never mentioned any of it in their report. Even more, according to his family, Corey never even took an aspirin, so they found it almost impossible that he would die from alcohol and drugs. On August 19th, Corey's dad dropped off burgers at his home for dinner. While there, he saw an unknown woman in a leather jacket and slippers. His son hastily sent him away and refused to talk about the girl, and this was the last time Corey's dad saw him alive. This woman should have been a solid lead, but according to the family, the police never followed it up. Since the death, his family sent out letters to police, courts, and those in power to help reopen the investigation and inquest into Corey's death. For a long time, the family has done what they could to push a reinvestigation, especially based on the unusual evidence. In 2011, Corey's friend Tammy Borden headed to Corey's parents, acting paranoid and saying Corey had been murdered and that she was next. The following year, Tammy was found dead. Officially, it was attributed to her cutting off her finger and dying from blood poisoning. Then in 2014, the family received a letter saying Corey was murdered by a woman and the group that she belonged to was too tight-knit to say anything. For a long time, authorities said there was no foul play involved in Corey's death. However, in 2019, the family's appeal for a reinvestigation was finally accepted. The result of this inquest won't be up until April of 2020, and so for now, Corey Sherbay's death remains a mystery. So there were two of the most terrifying and bizarre stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted 2's is sure to show you why. We have new videos every Wednesday and Saturday that we know you'll want to check out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you soon.